You know, the, the problem with marketing is our audience isn't marketers. Hey, entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day podcast. I am your host, Chris Ward, and today we have Vince Warnock. He is an award-winning business and marketing strategist, coach, and author of Changing the Insights. As a former radio announcer with 20 years in marketing, Vince has founded multiple companies, including Chasing Insights Academy, where he empowers entrepreneurs and business owners to grow the business they always dreamed of. That sounds great. With oodles of marketing and technology experience in in that industry, Vince has become just profoundly known for all his creative aspects for marketing. And we're going to talk to him about that a little bit today. We're going to dive into something that I think is really unique and really something very interesting and how he came about to think of that. Of course, he's a sought-after speaker, but we're lucky to have him here today. Welcome to the show, Vince. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. I'm lucky to be here. I love your show. I, full disclosure, I am actually addicted to your podcast. So. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know that. I... Yeah. Okay, let's talk about me for the next half hour. Okay, <laughs> that is awesome. All right, thank you so much for your kind words. Okay, Vince, let's dive in. You were telling me an interesting story, interesting story and let's start there. You you take the, take the floor. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I was telling Chris about the fact that uh, so my entrepreneurship journey started quite young. I, my first business was when I was 11. Um, okay. Unfortunately, it was pirating video games because I didn't know it was illegal back then. I was young and nobody, <laughs> nobody was there to guide me, okay? But, <laughs> so don't hold me to account on that one. Um, but then many years forward, uh, there was a, a concept called Startup Weekend, uh, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but you basically get a pile of marketers, a pile of developers, a pile of designers, all in the same room together. Um, okay. We had around, I think it was 120. It was the first ever startup weekend in, in here in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, and you get all these people in the room together, you pitch your ideas and they pick, I think around 12 of them. Um, and then you form a team around you and you've got one weekend to build this company. Um, so it's a huge amount of pressure, a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of fights. I'm, and I'm glad you added the fun because it didn't sound like fun. So <laughs> hold on now. Is this something you did for fun or something to launch a business? Because that sounds um, very stressful to me. Did, did uh, Kind of both, actually. I did for fun. Okay. I mean, the business I created from that um, never went anywhere. Um, it was okay. a, a huge uh, failure, which was awesome because we just had a lot of fun ourselves. And I learned very quickly, you need to get the right developer on board because if you've okay. got a developer that doesn't know what he's doing, that's a problem. Um, so it was also, a learning tool. A very big learning tool, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, so we, I came up with this concept. I pitched the idea to everyone. It was called Mobile Combat. And it was in the okay. early days of um, where Android phones were just coming into prominence. And everyone was either an iPhone fan or an Android fan. Okay. There's probably about two or three people in the world that were Windows Mobile fans. But anyway, um, so I wanted to create a game where you could put Android users versus iPhone users, et cetera. So oh. you pick up your phone. It would automatically, because I had an Android phone, it would automatically detect 
um, how many people were logged into this app that were using an iPhone in your area. It wouldn't give you any info on them, but it would just say that they're there. Okay. You could then choose to battle them. They could choose to accept. And the idea was you would take your city or your country or your area, your region, even your street for your particular platform. Um, so it was a bit of kind of bragging rights, you know, Android versus iPhone. Yeah, sure. So it was really cool. Um, but we needed to validate this idea. And I thought, you know what, I've got this, you know, this is my idea. I'm the marketing guy. This is going to be really simple. I'm going to grab a clipboard, some paper and a pen. I'm going to rush out to the streets and I'm going to get customer feedback because what we wanted to know was not just, does this sound interesting? Cause everyone would say, yeah, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Yes. But we yes, want to know yes. Yeah, Are they actually yeah. going to come yeah. and close? any gap are they actually going to be able to pay for something like this or yes mental yeah. note your your mother your friends and your cousins will always agree with you and then you think you have a great idea okay yeah. go ahead exactly so so i needed to test this so we grabbed our pen and paper and everything we went out into the street um and very quickly learned that when you're standing in the middle of the street time trying to accost to somebody coming towards you um they either think that you're asking for donations or mm -hmm. they think you're some kind of crazy street preacher. Um, and either okay. way, they did not want to give us their time. I okay. also realized that um, when you're trying to accost a people there, they're on a journey, they're going somewhere. You, you yeah. really don't kind of stand around the street doing nothing. So that was kind of deflating. No one gave us their time. I'm going, this is ridiculous. This should have been really easy. So I was it's like sorry those, myself. It's yeah. like those surveys where they say, can you fill out this survey? It'll take no longer than 15 minutes. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because okay. we've all got 15 minutes to spend. Yeah, yeah, it. sure. I got nothing but time. I could call my mother, but okay, go ahead. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so so that didn't work. Okay. Yeah. So I needed this feedback, right? I really did need to validate this, um, this the potential of this business. So I thought, oh, this is crazy. Uh, uh, this is never going to work. I need a captive audience. And I was going, this is, so I was trying to rack my brains. But I thought, screw this, I'm really thirsty. I want to go and get a coffee. So okay. I went to a cafe, uh, one of our local cafes. We've got many here in Wellington. Um, but I'm standing in line in this cafe and I'm just moaning to myself going, oh man, I need, I need a captive audience. This is ridiculous. Where am I going to get a captive audience? As I waited in line for about five minutes to get my coffee. And then it was one of those embarrassing moments where the epiphany hits and the penny drops and you're like, wait a minute, I am a captive audience. I'm stuck in line here. And not only okay. not only five minutes in line to order my coffee, I've got to wait for them to make my coffee as well. Right. So I thought, I'm going to test this. I started talking to people in the line and said, look, can I buy your coffee if you give me some feedback? Because um, I'm looking and I explain what I'm trying to do there. And yeah. without a doubt, 100% of the people said yes. And I thought there is something to this. So what I did was I talked to the, I got up to the front of the line, talked to the owner there, the manager and said, look, um, I'm going to leave my credit card on the counter here. I'm going to talk to some people in line. I'm going to pay for their coffee. So when they order it, you just put it on my credit card. If they give me just two minutes of their time while they're stuck okay. in line. Yeah. Um, so, so that started the whole concept of coffee line tests. Uh, interestingly, it did validate my, um, the business that we wanted to start. It really did validate it. Uh, people's feedback was incredible. People were going, oh, yeah, actually, you know, they were talking through what they would want to buy in the app to help them, like, you know, power ups yeah. and all these kind of things. And they started getting really excited. Um, it still didn't help the uh, business at all. We failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but the lessons from this, I think, are really interesting because when you even first told me it, I was like, oh, I don't know, right? Because but what happened was they were captive. They were waiting. You offered to pay for something they didn't yet have versus if they had the coffee in their hand, I'll reimburse you or these promises. If you give me two minutes of your time, I'll give you this coupon or I'll give you a gift card for $2 or whatever. It's still somehow 
you came out ahead just by, I think, rejigging, like just reorganizing the order of how that transaction happened. And then I also think too, the the uh, leadership of putting the credit card down saying this is what's going to happen versus when they stand there, then they have to look at you saying, you know, he's got my, he's got to, you know, they got to pull you over and get you to pay. Right. So I think it was done with great finesse that didn't, I didn't understand at first. Like I was still thinking, Oh, I don't know if I would have bothered somebody in line, but if you're offering them something first, that's the secret there. So I think that's really profound. So how have you, what, what do you do with that philosophy now with your, you know, with your business, your clients? I kind of a, a few things happened. A, I had to kind of evolve it over over the years, yeah. um, mainly because you have to get. It, it's all good to get time in front of a potential customer, um, but you need to learn very quickly how to ask the right questions um, and how to not lead them. Uh, it's very mm. it's very easy as humans. We're all riddled with you know cognitive bias. It's very easy for us to try and um, kind of push them down a pathway just to prove that we were right all along, rather than actually to get feedback. So. I learned very quickly, don't ask direct questions in a lot of cases. Mm. Right? You ask them if you can record it, you just record it on your phone. Um, and then what you do is you get them to tell you a little story. So for example, if you are, like some of the ways we would use this is if we were looking to validate um, a website or validate a service or something like that, we would go, tell us about a time where you have uh, interacted with something like this, or tell us about a time where, or, or actually tell us how you would research this what would you do if you wanted to find information such as this? And in telling you, they not only give you the information you need, but they also, they give you the language that they use. So as right. marketers, it's really, really powerful to hear from them. What, and a good example, actually. So I used to, I'm a digital marketer. Um, one of the areas of expertise I have is search engine optimization. So I remember talking, um, this was when I was a lot younger. I have learned since then. Um, I remember talking to these two women who, um, they really needed help with their website. They weren't even showing up on Google and there was a number right. of reasons why. But I said to them, look, I can do a full SEO audit for you. I can do, and they, they just looked at me blankly and said, look, I don't care about any of that. I just want to be in Google. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, ah. yeah. so I needed yeah. to use the language that they understood and said, look, I right. can audit this and find out why you're not ranking in Google, why you're not appearing and I can help you to get there. Um, so that gives you some really valuable input from them. Um, so that... That does touch on a couple of really important points because it is, we all get caught up in our industry and then we know, and, and we also think we're doing a disservice. Like I remember talking to a nutritionist once and she had these people in the audience and everybody in the audience had significant weight to lose. They, they claimed close to a hundred pounds, each one of them. And she's up there. And she is now talking about the digestive system that like, maybe I would want to know she knew that if she was going to operate on me, but everybody in the room just wanted to know, can I lose 50 pounds really quickly? Cause this is no longer a joke. Right. And you get caught up in your own language. So it really is hard until somebody else says something you go, Oh, right. Okay. I got to Like, this is really, they don't care about the digestion. They can I fit in these jeans is what they were looking for. So we, we left from the coffee shop to getting in front of people about websites in this virtual world, you know, where, especially right now with things are a little being a little bit different. How do you, how do you do that charm swagger switch bait thing that you do in a virtual world? As far as, you know, not pestering people. Can I get your feedback? Do you have any ideas for that? Yeah. Ad adapting to the virtual world's probably been the hardest one of this. Um, okay. I, I managed to adapt this for business to business environment, which is also okay. another challenge there. Um, because obviously when you're dealing with uh, businesses, 
and you're dealing with um, the kind of key stakeholders there, they're not necessarily in a coffee line and everyone in that line isn't necessarily your target market. So you've got to go right. where they are. Um, so we adapted that through using events and things. Um, okay. But the online part has been quite difficult. Um, so what I have done is looked at doing group Zoom calls or doing Zoom okay. calls like that but you have to find something that you can offer to other people um so in okay. a lot of cases it's look you know give me five minutes of your time i'll review this for you i'll help you with this um okay. it's it's basically just about giving first like if you're giving okay. them something they're willing to give you something back so if you give your expertise like look i'm trying to finesse this because i want to serve more people better and exactly. what I'll do is I will teach you, like in my case, where we talk about building your win team, your what is next team. So yeah. I might say, look, if you hop on the call with me, I'll give you the five strategies to how, you know, to get you started to hiring. And then I would love you to answer just two minutes of questions for me. That's exactly it. Still okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good path. All right. So let's dive a little bit deeper into, you know, keep us going on this journey of how you really are looking at getting, yeah. collecting information for marketing in, from different resources. Yeah. Well, the, so the, the adaption to business to business was the interesting one. So um, I remember when I started Common Ledger, uh, we knew we had to get in front of the right people. Um, we were going to conferences. So there was a, a conference in Australia called Xerocon. Uh, so we would fly mm -hmm. my team over there to Melbourne and Sydney and go to Xerocon, which is where you've got a, a huge um, auditorium full of accountants. Very exciting. Um, oh, that sounds really... <laughs> well, that's so, worth the plane ride right there. A exactly. room full, like a stadium full of accountants. Awesome. Okay, so that's where the party began. All right, exactly. take it from there. Yeah. yeah. And, and we did a couple of things there. One, we knew we had to kind of get people outside of the conference. So we would do things like, hey, we'll pay for breakfast, get a bunch of people together to hear from oh, us. Okay. But I really needed to get that direct feedback from as many different accountants as possible. So we looked at, do we hire a booth there? And as an as a early stage startup, that is a big cost for us. So instead, we, we got really efficient because you kind of have to, the necessity is the mother of invention. So instead, I just gave the guys, we all had iPads. So I just created a, a custom form for them. Everyone had it on their iPads. And we realized when you go to these conferences, the one area that you have a captive audience is the lunch line. And at mm. Xerocon, that was always a problem. The lunch lines were huge. So right. we were in front of the lunch line and we'd work our way all the way back. And what you would do is go up to people with this little survey and it was seven questions, really, really simple. And you would just say to people, hey, can you, do you want to fill out the survey to go in the drawer to win a bottle of whiskey? And uh, mm. accounting apparently go down very, very well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Down really well with me as well. Um, so a just a pocket calculator. You could win a pocket calculator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh they, they already had one. That was the yeah, problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but we we designed it in such a way that as you went down the line, you would you would get them to fill out a survey, and it served three purposes. The first one is it gave you direct feedback, so it helped to uh, kind of inform what we were doing as a business, inform that what we're doing was valid. The second thing it would do is each of those questions was designed to be a press release in itself. Because if you're getting feedback from, you know, 200 people at a conference, so 200 accountants, oh. that is a pretty good kind of database, a pretty yes. good kind of data set to go to the media and say, look, question one was, what is the challenges? I can't remember the exact wording, but what, what are the challenges that the new cloud-based solutions are, are um, presenting to accountants? So you could go back and say, look, you know, 90% of accountants are actually worried about this aspect of cloud-based solutions. So suddenly that was a press release. So we would use uh, this to get the coverage and it worked incredibly well. 
That is crazy. Sorry, let me jump in there because I have to say to you, every time you start the story, I consistently doubt you. (laughs) It reminds me, (laughs) it reminds me one time my mom and my sister was going to show my mom how to do this funky thing on her wall in her house, like this, I don't know, artistic thing. And my mother said right before she started, yes, okay, we can do this. It was like a construction thing, but I want you to know before we start, I have absolutely no faith in you, right? (laughs) So it's like, okay, I don't believe this is going to work because of the, the, framework of what you say it sounds like yeah yeah i've done it before and we've all crossed the street gently because you don't want to be rude to somebody but nor do you want to stand there for 10 minutes and answer a question so i think the subtlety and the tweaking that you did it's like okay now we're at a conference we're tired we all had boots i'm lining up for food now you can't afford to buy us all breakfast so what are you going to offer me oh okay well i'll talk to you nice person and yep. you're, I'm in a raffle to win. Okay, great. And I'm standing here anyhow. I might as well. So you're, because the whole idea of when I'm walking by and you pull me over to fill out a form raffle to win, I think, oh, you just want my email address. You're going to start, you know, doing whatever. So these are really, it's kind of like a good chef you know, adds just a little bit of spice of something that somebody else isn't using and changes the whole recipe. <laughs> I love that analogy. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other thing too is it, it is about, there's a mindset to this and you're right. Um, a lot of the, the reason a lot of marketers don't do this is exactly yeah. the problems that you've talked about, but there's a mindset coming into this that really does frame it well. And that is how can I add value to these people? Like, how do I mm. not be that pest? How do I not be that really annoying marketer or spammer or whatever else? Mm. So if you're coming at it from that angle and you're thinking of it through your customers or your potential customers um, kind of world, uh, that makes it so much easier. So with these, you would we wouldn't just put them in the drawer for a bottle of whiskey. We would actually send the stats to them afterwards. We would actually send them because it's yeah. something that they're curious about and they want to know. We kind of follow yeah. up with, hey, thanks for your feedback. Just so you know, you're, you're actually quite normal. Um, 90% of accountants are really worried about this. And we would give them the stats for that. So we're suddenly engaging with them. But the other, the other purpose that um, those surveys did really well for is, as well as giving us the language that the accountants use, the challenges and validating what we were building, it would also open up a conversation. Uh, and this was the thing that I didn't actually intend going in, but became uh, one of the biggest benefits from it. So you were standing there going, tell us about your concerns or, or tell us about the biggest frustration you have with all of these different solutions that are out there. And they would, they, every time they would come back and they go, oh, don't get me started. And they would tell you exactly their problems. Mm. And I would go, okay, well, what would be the solution for you? And in their case, they always turn around and said, oh, if only we had just one thing that would make them all talk together. And I go, you're kidding me. We're literally beta testing that right now. And they always responded with, I want in. And so they were actually asking you to put them on the beta list, asking you to provide a solution for them. So it was a really powerful kind of selling point. We went down the sign. I got hundreds of leads. It was crazy. Yeah, it's powerful on a lot of levels because we've all, I mean, okay, the world's a little bit in a hiccup right now, but we've all been to these trade shows where you're standing in line and you don't really know anybody, you're just bored. And, you know, my first defense again would be like, oh, I don't want to bother people and all this other stuff. But, you know, once you wrap your head around that and you're not, then also like that whole PR angle where you just interviewed 300 people, man, Mm -hmm. if you try to organize that any other way, that would be labor intensive, hugely expensive, sending out this, getting the results back. But you just like did a really amazing, not only a PR thing, but a research thing that would have taken so much more organization and input and labor intensive. So you really kind of got a lot of juice out of that orange, right? Oh, definitely. And and one of my favorite moments ever. So I joined the team at Cigna 
Um, so I was with Signet for four years before doing what I'm doing now. Um, and one of my favorite moments was the CFO moment. It was when I went into our CFO and said to him, look, we've just conducted this research. Um, we've got this feedback from, I think we had around uh, 20 or 30 people, but really good uh, qualitative feedback. And he was like, oh, okay, how much did that cost? And I said, $84. And the look on his face was priceless. He was just like, yeah. you're a jerk. And so I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we could test. And this was the beauty of it as well. Look, there's so many different things you can do with these methodologies. Like I said, you can do the survey things with B2B. You can validate mm. your idea, like at that very early stage. You can also test um, incentives and test things like that, where you can get in front of people. You can literally have, like, I'm holding up my hands, I realize this is a podcast. Um, yeah. You can literally have pictures of different incentives in there and get people to tell you, just describe what they're seeing there. And you're actually, you're more interested in how excited they get about various different ones. So you're kind of testing which one's resonating with them. But one of the most powerful things we did is we, with insurance, it is, it's, it's like marketing. It's riddled with terminology that people don't understand. Yeah. Um, we, you know, the, the problem with marketing is our audience isn't marketers. Same thing with insurance. Our, our mm. audience are not insurers. So there was a pile of jargon and things that people really didn't understand, which made it overly complex for something they were committing to, particularly with life mm. insurance, where they're never going to see the benefit of it personally or very rarely see the benefit of it. And hope they don't. Like, they, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so I wanted to test that. We wanted to remove as much of the, the gobbledygook as we could from the policy documents. We mm. wanted to put them in plain English. So we went through a process called Rightmark, which is uh, like a writing standard for insurance and for legal terms and things to make sure it's in plain English. So we went through that process. That was great. We rewrote our policy documents on that, but we didn't want to stop there. We actually wanted to test them further. So we took mm. aspects of the policy document. We wouldn't take the whole thing down because that'd take forever, but we took just a, a couple of paragraphs there where we weren't really sure on. And what we would do is we'd do the coffee line test, but we'd put this in front of people and say, can you read this? and then tell me what it means and get them to translate it in their own words. And one of the things that really surprised us was one of the terms that we thought was um, a generic term that everyone understood, which was um, uh, premiums. So paying your premiums. Yeah, yeah. Um, the majority, particularly of the younger people, anyone under the age of 25 really didn't understand what that was. They were like premiums. Oh, that means it's a really good quality policy. And you're right. like, no, no, it means you're paying oh. your, oh. So the penny dropped for us that we need to change that term. So there's right. so many different things that you can test around this and the feedback you can get is really valuable. Wow, that is insightful. All right. I mean, oh my gosh, I'm just sitting, I, I'm not contributing much here at all. I'm just sitting there going, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> there it's go. Um, okay, so we've got a few minutes left. What would be the last thing you'd want to tell us now that you've opened our eyes and made me see the world very differently? Um, I, I think the last thing is just to reinforce how important, whether it's coffee line tests or however you don't, but the importance of actually directly mm. listening to your customers. Um, it does, particularly as entrepreneurs, it does a few things. Number one, it does provide us with the language. It actually, it's the best resource for understanding how to market to people because they're telling yeah. you how to market yeah. to them. But the other thing too, is it reinforces why we're doing what we're doing. And one of the most powerful things for me, if I'm ever having a bad day, so as entrepreneurs, we all have bad days. We have yeah. those days where you wake up and you're like, oh crap, why am I doing this? What, what do I think I'm doing? This is, this is nuts. I had superpowers yesterday and today I have none. Yeah, yep, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So there's kryptonite everywhere. Um, so one of the best things you can do in those moments is talk to a customer. Um, mm. Just reach out, check in with them and saying, hey, just checking in to see how things are going. Um, a, it speaks volumes to your customers. 
But the other thing is it, do, it does is it reminds us why we get out of bed every day, why we're doing what we're doing. It reminds you of the value that you're adding to your customers. Um, and by the way, if you're not adding value to your customers, you seriously question why you're doing what you're doing. You're anyway. in the wrong sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're in the wrong sport. But, it, but it's, it's vitally important to ensure that we're consistently in front of them. And it really does test um, our kind of bias as well. Like, like we've said, you know, we're, the, we're our own worst enemy in that as marketers, we treat everybody like a marketer. This reminds mm -hmm. us we're talking to normal human beings who don't think like we do, who don't see the world in the same way that we do. And we've got to change our thinking to align with theirs. Fabulous. Well, Vince, we're so lucky to have you here. Where can people reach you now that we've all been wowed by your wisdom? Where can they find you? <laughs> uh, look, probably the easiest way actually is chasingtheinsights.com. Um, so okay. I am just launching my podcast. Okay. Um, so I've got some amazing speakers on there, including this very, very talented uh, author of Win the Hour, Win the Day. Um, so you can check that out on there. Uh, and also there's links on there to things that we're working on at the moment, such as um, a virtual summit, which is coming up. So yeah, chasingtheinsights.com, best way to get a hold of me. Fabulous. We will do that. And thank you again so much. It's been awesome. We really appreciate your time, your energy. Thank you. Oh, Chris, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. All right. Thanks. Hey listeners, I've got a super special gift for you. See, I want to create a movement because I think your business should support your life, not consume it. So I have created the Win the Hour, Win the Day Team Builder Training for free. I'm not kidding you. So don't miss out free gift from Chris, K-R-I-S.com, free gift from Chris.com.